Close your eyes and imagine the backdrop for the fairy tales you loved as a child. Now open them. If you're standing on the shores of Lake Bled, Slovenia, seeing the church-topped island and the castle-topped cliff, then you're already there. Is this the most beautiful place on Earth? I certainly think so, and I'm not alone. Millions of visitors have marveled at the fairy tale perfection of Bled, Slovenia. This podcast brings you the wonders of Bled, its people, places, foods, history, and experiences. Everything you need for a perfect holiday. I'm your host, Noah Charney, and this is The Blid Podcast. Is this the most beautiful place on earth? Let's begin. Look out from the battlements. What you see beneath you could come straight out of a fairy tale. You are the knight in the castle, surveying the land for signs of wayward dragons or damsels in distress. It's like a clifftop fortress from a Disney film perched so perfectly above the crystalline alpine lake below. And what could top the lake more ideally than a single island crowned by a church? Of course, that's there too. It's reasonable to wonder if there exists on Earth any more photogenic place than Lake Bled, Slovenia. But now turn inward from those battlements. This is quite a castle we've got here. And while there's no shortage of people taking selfies from on high, aiming down at the island and lake below, I'd like you to take a walk with me and consider spending a nicely full day exploring the castle itself. There is so much to do here, much more than you realize. As you enter the castle courtyard, turn left and you'll find three small establishments. So one is a honey-themed gift shop. Slovenia is bee central, as we'll see when we visit a beekeeper family in a later episode. This shop won an award for its architecture tucked right into the base of the tower, and it's constructed like a beehive with hexagonal coffers on the domed ceiling. You'll find a variety of honey and bee-themed souvenirs, of course, and you can taste a variety of honeys, both natural and laced with flavors. Cinnamon honey is my new favorite spread. Beside it sits an outdoor cafe, a place to grab a coffee and a slice of bled cream cake. Or if you've already had your cream cake, perhaps down at its place of origin, the hotel park, then there's another dessert on offer, Rickley cake. We'll learn much more about Arnold Rickley in a future episode. He was a Swiss naturopath who almost single-handedly transformed Blid into a wellness resort in the 19th century. This cake is something that is based on Rickley's own recipe. It's something sweet but not too unhealthy for him to offer his guests who would otherwise come for a wellness retreat that required vegetarianism, and no coffee, no alcohol, no fatty sausages, which sounded better in theory than in practice for many guests. So Rickley conceded to offering some culinary delights to prevent his paying guests from wandering off to take coffee with locals and binge on booze and fats that were forbidden at his establishment. The other door on this side of the castle leads to the print shop. Printers have worked in the castle for centuries, and today you'll find Urosh, standing beside an authentic, handmade printing press of the sort used by Gutenberg, the inventor of movable type and therefore modern printing. Urosh is a fountain of information and a polyglot, and I wasn't shy about asking him questions. For example, while he was preparing a souvenir print for my daughters, I asked how people trained to be a printer. Normally, they spent uh, seven years uh, for learning where the letters are, and after seven years, they could put uh, 1,200 letters 
or 1,500 letters together in one hour. So that was actually quite fast. It's actually like one letter per two or three seconds. When you know where the letters are, that can be actually quite fast. Well, since we're here with the letters, I would like to ask you one question. Um, you know expressions uppercase, lowercase. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know where that comes from. No, I don't think so. <laughs> this uh -huh. this is case, yes. So uppercase, I keep capital letters. Lowercase, I keep small letters. Of course, so, yeah. Position That's of letters fact. in this. Yeah, so. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah, I will just collect the letters. Well, I know where the letters are, so I can be a little uh, faster. Mm -hmm. Let's say. <laughs> so, uh, uh, similar, like like learning typing. Uh, right. Yeah. First you yes, go. Right. So like this. Eleonora. Perfect. Eleonora. Yeah. So it's all mirror image, yeah. and maybe you oh. notice that I collect letters upside down, right. so I can read normally from left to right. That's huh. the reason. But yeah, when you're used to the letters, you can be actually quite fast. So, and uh, well, uh, here I will just place. So yeah, now the text. Uh, oh, one more thing. Which picture would you like? Oh my goodness, okay. Yeah, so this is very cool. This is great. Uh, maybe just to mention, uh, these three pictures are from 17th century. These are from Valvazor. Yeah. Valvazor was, you know, he made first pictures of villages, castles, cities, mm -hmm. described everything about this land. Uh, these two are from local artists from Krakow. And uh, this one is someone in between. Author is unknown. <laughs> yeah, I'm so going to go with the Valvazor. With the Valvazor, yeah. the castle. Yeah. Now, I wasn't touring the castle alone. I was with a fellow travel writer, Ginger Di Gaetano, who was researching for the new Lonely Planet Slovenia guidebook, and we were being led by Niko Rakovets. Niko is the ideal host here in Blid. First of all, he speaks many, many languages. He's a registered guide, but he also leads zip lining tours and cooking classes. And, well, I've known him for a long time now, and I'm not sure there's anything he cannot do. Yes, he built his own house and makes his own schnapps, in case you are wondering. So when you hear a Slovene-sounding voice of wisdom, it will be his. This was the perfect chance for him to tell us about the history of printing books in Slovene. And that began with a 16th century Protestant reformer named Primoz Trubar. At the time, there were no printing presses in Slovenia, so Trubar printed in Germany. But he stopped at Bled Castle while smuggling his books into Slovenia. He decided to print the first Slovenian book, but he uh, thought everybody around us printed the Bible. Why should I print the Bible if not many people can read and write? So the first Slovenian book was an ABC book, Abecedari, uh, to teach people read and write. And then uh, also he, he printed the Catechism, a short version of the Bible stories. and. Uh, of course, uh, the Protestant religion by itself, and also uh, the idea to make people literate uh, was not very well accepted by authorities. Because if people can't read in the church, you say this is the word of God and they will believe. And in civil life, you say this is the law, uh, you have to obey. If somebody can read, can instruct, you know, yes. or, uh, but in yeah. the book is written differently. Why Trubar here? As we said, the idea was not very well accepted, so he had to smuggle these books. Books were printed in Tübingen in Germany, and he smuggled them. And first stop was in uh, Podkore, so just coming from Austria to Slovenia, from Italy to Slovenia, it's just in the corner of Slovenia. Uh, and the second stop was in Bled Castle, because Lady Auersberg, uh, she somehow 
sympathized with this idea. So they hosted him here for three days, uh, and then he went further to Ljubljana. We emerged from the print shop and turned right up a sloping ramp towards the upper case of the castle. See how I'm already using my new terminology? Perhaps incorrectly, but using it all the same. Halfway up, we entered the wine cellar, a cavernous room lined with barrels and a platform behind which stands Mate, an actor who leads tours and is there to walk us through the story of wine at Blade Castle. The room is covered in barrels and bottles, and sure, you can just order a glass of wine, your choice from several varietals, including some indigenous Slovenian grapes. But what I'm really excited about is the interactive aspect. As with the print shop, you could just purchase a souvenir, but how much cooler is it to make one? It's the same here. There are bottles of wine for sale to take home or glasses to enjoy on site. But Mate leads us through the process of bottling sealing and labeling our own bottle. Nico explains. In the past, this was a wine region also. Uh, and we know that because in the books of contributes that the farmers had to pay to the owners, they had to pay uh, taxes also in wine. And the several parts in the villages, they have the same names like the, they are used in the wine, wine regions. So... Uh, now the wine cellar is in the other side of the Julian Alps, in the Dorenberg, in the Ipala Valley. And the specialty here is also part of this new capitalism. Okay. First of all, <laughs> if you don't like to buy wine, they offer you empty bottle. Okay. <laughs> and then you change your, your uh, perspective and you say, okay, I would rather have wine. Uh-huh. Sure. But as you already have this bottle in your hands, you can come here on this stage. You can you can fill uh, with uh-huh. uh, white wine, red wine, sure. and then uh, you cork it with the modern corking machine. Oh, that's cool! Uh, Make your own wines. Uh, Bottle your own wines. Then uh, you put the, the neck of the bottle into the hot pivex. So this cork is sealed and this bottle can stand on your shelf, doesn't need to lay. Yeah. The cork won't dry out. Uh-huh. And then you get the label printed down there. Then, of course, you also get the certificate that you are official wine bottler of Blade Castle. Wandering the castle, you may do a double take as I did when you note that all of the signs are in three languages. So Slovene is one of them, that's understandable, and English, okay, the language of mass tourism. But the third is Korean. I had to ask Nico about this. Turns out that a very popular TV series, a sort of romantic Korean soap opera called Black Knight, was filmed in Bled and elsewhere in Slovenia. It was a mega hit in Korea and prompted a wave that continues to this day of Koreans eager to see the dreamy settings of that series. It wasn't quite the thunderous effect that, say, Game of Thrones had on Dubrovnik, Croatia, where many of its scenes were filmed, resulting in the over-tourism of Dubrovnik, but it made a notable impact. The other tourist group you may spot are the Chinese, and Bled is included in many official European tours sponsored by giant Chinese companies. Their employees are given the opportunity to take a two-week whirlwind package tour of Europe, with stops in obvious places like Paris, Rome, Venice, and Vienna, yet Bled also made the list. It seems a reasonable choice as a good halfway point between Vienna and Venice, and it certainly is beautiful enough to warrant inclusion. I spoke with Daria, who coordinates events and weddings for Bled Castle. 
She told me that she gets scores of requests from couples abroad who see Blid, and the castle in particular, as the ideal setting for their wedding. Many Korean couples come all the way to Slovenia, sometimes bringing their own cook and organizational team to set up a proper Korean ceremony here in the heart of Central Europe. We are now in the museum at Blade Castle. Uh, Blade Castle is elegantly perched on a rock above Lake Blade, and the views that we have from the upper terrace are actually um, so spectacular that they draw here crowds of tourists from all over the world, and also some people who want these views to be embedded in their wedding photos. Um, and this um, lapidarium, this is on the upper terrace, and this is, you know, on a sunny day. Um, imagine this grey stone, powerful, majestic walls, uh, the, the blue lake in the background, the mountains. Yeah. Now, foreigners will come to Slovenia in order to get married at Blood Castle, is that right? Yes, they would. They would. Actually, we have castles, uh, we have couples coming all, you know, from China just to have their wedding ceremony staged at Lake I also saw around the castle there are signs in English, Slovene, and Korean. What's the Korean connection? Well, there are so, really so many people uh, from Korea coming here, so many Asian tourists. We filmed an advertisement about Blade Castle, about uh, Lake Blade, and we were even featured in one of the some of the uh, series, I believe. There's this one called Black Knight, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's a drama exactly. series. That's the one. And the yeah. whole thing is filmed in Slovenia, and Blade Castle features prominently. So is that was that this amazing promotion and that made tourists yes. want to come from Korea to see? Yes, this is I you know, I think we are just starting to realize how big an impact um TV series, social media, this actually this Instagram has on why people actually come here. While weddings these days take place on the terrace, there's also a lovely small chapel dedicated to Saints Albuin and Ingenwin, patrons of the Diocese of Brixen, the dates to the mid-14th century, but its current decorative scheme is from the 16th. It was for private worship when officials were resident in the castle. While the space is cozy, there is some clever illusionistic painting on the walls that make the chapel seem larger. The technique is called trompe l'oeil, French for trick the eye. The chapel incorporates painted architectural features on the walls, frescoes that give the illusion that you are standing in an expansive church full of columns receding into the distance, and with an elegant marble staircase leading to the upper story, but all of them are just painted on. The chapel is divided into three parts, and this was largely for reasons of health. So healthy people would gather in the main area of the chapel in front of the altar. But there's also a balcony where the highest-ranking nobles could worship without mixing with the lower ranks. And there's a door at the back of the chapel through which those under quarantine due to illness could participate in a service without being in the same space as the healthy parishioners. But by now, you've probably worked up an appetite. I know I have, and I'm just sitting here in my pajamas writing and recording this for you. The last step on my tour of the castle was the restaurant. Blade Castle Restaurant is one of a number of high-end but very welcoming eateries run by the Jezerszyk family. One of its members, Luka Jezerszyk, is a celebrity chef in Slovenia, a longtime judge on the Slovenian version of MasterChef. After lunch, I'm headed straight for the museum. 
Blade Castle has a great museum that tells all aspects of the story of Blade and its surroundings. For instance, fun fact, the city of Venice is held together largely by iron nails from Cropa near Blade. Nico explains. Cropa was famous for producing the nails. So you can see a very small ones. They were used for shoes. Uh, then bigger one for kind of construction with wood. Uh, when the railway between Trieste and uh, between Vienna and Trieste was built, uh, all these T-form nails that are holding rails on the track were produced in Kropa. The longest nails uh, produced in the Kropa area were Venetians, so-called mm. Venetians, uh, 80 centimeters long, and they're holding fundamental of Venice together. So if you go to wow, okay. if you go to Venice. Uh, asked them, I was once there asking a gondolieri and he knew <laughs> that the place of Venice is Slovene and Croatia. Right. Because uh, around in Laguna di Venezia, mm -hmm. you don't have many trees, not because they cut them, but because the soil is not good. Right. Big trees. And Venetians were owners of Slovenian caste and Croatian history. So it was easier for them to come across the Adriatic, load the timber and start building, right. building Venice. We won't provide a written guide of the museum, which would require a full podcast season of its own, but I do want to point out some highlights and a few elements that surprised me. The museum includes geological and prehistoric exhibits, but one of the best things is to look out the window from a corner behind the prehistoric tools. From there, you can see in the distance a grotto amongst the trees. This was a god corner an outdoor chapel, but one used by Protestants who had to worship unofficially in secret during the Reformation. I was surprised when I entered a room containing mannequins of what scientists believe ancient Slavs looked like. They are blonde and blue-eyed, more as I imagine early Scandinavians. This room also contains the bones of a moose, an animal I'd thought was indigenous to North America, but which once roamed Europe as well. Bled Castle features one of the first indoor toilets of any castle in Europe. All the comforts. A list of residents of Bled Castle is really a list of owners who passed through a few times a year. In fact, the longest tenured resident of all was a gentleman who was the caretaker of the castle in the second half of the 20th century. So he lived here for around 30 years and his children grew up in the castle. While he was not the owner, of course, he was the longest residing among more than a dozen owners and feudal families. The bishops of Brixen leased to numerous Germanic lords to whom they subcontracted the tiresome task of collecting taxes. The most memorable of the owners was Ignaz Novak, whose ownership, 1782 to 1804, overlapped with the Napoleonic era in Slovenia, and Novak very nearly ruined Bled entirely. He was not interested in the scenery, and this was before the era of tourism. His big idea was to get rid of all that annoying water in the lake so he could dig up all the nice clay of the lake bed and establish a brick factory. Yes, thank goodness his permission was denied. There are so many other good stories that I learned in my two hours at the museum, but I'll leave it to you to discover them for yourselves. That's a pretty full day we just walked through, and all of it within the walls of Blid Castle. Printmaking, wine bottling, honey tasting, cake sampling, battlements selfieing, chapel analyzing, museum going, and lunch. Heck, we could even get married here. 
So let your next or first visit to Blade Castle be a full one. And thank your lucky stars that Ignaz Novak didn't have his way with Lake Blade. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Blade Podcast. Is this the most beautiful place on earth? The official podcast of the Blade Tourist Board. In each episode, we explore Blade and its surroundings. You'll find it all here in this image of paradise.